Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to, it is Thursday, October 13th. Man, do we have some stuff to talk about today as the numbers are coming in this morning. We've got a 180 degree turn this morning in futures. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us up next. Before we do, though, let's not forget that there's a lot of things out there in this world that you and I cannot control, but you can control how much risk you have in your retirement portfolio. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to find out how to do that and make sure you're on the right track for the retirement you always dreamed of. Hey, with that, we've got Dave coming up next. 105.7 Light FM. We've been trying to figure out what the Sam Hill is going on on Wall Street, and I think we got it straightened out. We hope, anyway. Uh, it's time to check in and find out what's happening with you and your money. It's one of those days in which my delayed quotes are so different from Philip Statler's real-time quotes that he gets because, well, he's a pro, that it looks like a completely different world inside of five minutes. Let's uh, tell you why together here. He's on the phone right now from Statler Financial Services, the one, the only, Philip Statler. Good morning. Did I buy you enough time to catch your breath there, Philip? Oh, yeah, man. Hey, good morning, Dave. Yes, it is. Uh, you're talking about a 360-degree or 180-degree turn, rather, in sights of five minutes, uh, and actually it was less than five minutes, Dave. I the news came out, uh, the CPI, and I clicked at eight thirty-two, uh, oh. and we'd already dove to the red. It, it, it was ugly. Let's tell them what's going on. First of all, the futures market at eight twenty-nine was showing the Dow up by an even three hundred points. Up, you have the indication it's going to be a good day, right? Well, at 8.30, we got the uh, Consumer Price Index numbers out of the federal government. Here's the rundown. CPI, month over month, went up by four-tenths of a percent last month. They were expecting only 02 the uh, excluding food and energy, the core CPI, the more stable prices, they expected it to level down a little bit to a half a percent increase. We ended up going up by six-tenths of a percent increase. That means that our core CPI went up to 6.6% year-over-year. It went down a little bit from last month to 8.2% on the overall consumer inflation rate, but that was not as much of a drop as they expected. They were expecting 8.1%, so basically we missed every single inflation expectation we had. And what did you tell me the Dow futures are looking at now? Uh, let's try negative $422 right now, down almost a, a point and a half. That's a 722-point drop in less than 10 minutes, which is just about enough to make the average investor's head explode, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, <laughs> Not just the average investor. It probably makes all our heads explode because that's just a, such a, a traumatic change of direction. I mean, that crud just doesn't happen. On top of that, we got a weirdness going on as well in the bond market. I had a tip sheet thing talking about the inversion of bond rates overnight, and he expects the bond market to crash. And we're even seeing that in the federal bonds because the yields on federal bonds are going through the roof this morning as well. We're looking at what what is that two-year Treasury bond is up to like 4.4% this morning? Yeah, a little over 4.4% yield. And you've Good got God. the uh, and you got a thirty year up to three point nine three. So everything on the yield curve is just going up, up and away. 
which means they're selling them like chiclets, and they're getting out of the bond market, too, which is scary. Good Lord, you look at 4.4% back during the Carter years, we could get that out of savings account, but I haven't seen numbers like that in 100 years, it feels like. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, a pretty big jump. Again, we're looking at this. On top of that, we're also looking at this is the uh, CPI report, one of the derivatives that comes out of it that will determine the uh, Social Security cost of living increase. And they were saying there was a possibility we could be looking at like an 8.7% increase in Social Security payouts next year, which is good news for those of us getting Social Security checks. But we just uh, added a really big chunk onto the federal government's budget outlays as well, didn't we? Yeah, we really did, you know, because interest rates keep going up and, and you know, somebody's got to foot that bill and it's, you know, they, they can't just keep printing money. So you and I are going to pay more taxes as well as everybody else out there listening, going to have to pay more taxes just to put the interest bill on this, uh, this debt. Absolutely. Now, do keep in mind that the uh, Social Security surplus is uh, folded into the operating budget of the the government because, well, the law that established Social Security says the only thing it can invest in is federal debt. So consequently, that means all those bonds that we've got for Social Security are ending up uh, increasing in interest rates as those bonds mature and go up. And the overall outflow all of a sudden goes up by, like I said, 8.7, maybe 8.8% looking at these numbers. It's a a derivative out of the CPI that we don't have access to right now. But uh, we just ended up today just costing the federal government one running ton more money. Oh, definitely. And, and, you know, the good news for folks who get Social Security out there, not only are they going to get a big pay increase uh, in January, but they're also their Medicare premiums are going to go down for, I think, the first time in history. Oh, I didn't hear that. I knew they were, I knew it was going to be a really conservative increase. I didn't hear they'd actually go down. Yeah, the last number I saw was they were going to go down by like $7 a month. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> checks are happy to see that but looking at the economy i mean at this point in time i'm looking at these numbers kind of like we did last month uh three quarters of a percent increase on the first second of november when the fed meets next is uh, basically a fait accompli and uh, i i wouldn't be surprised if the chatter on the uh, on the squawk box boards is so one percent might actually be coming under consideration now wouldn't you think you know it's definitely a possibility because th- this economy is definitely running much hotter than uh, than what the Fed wants right now. They really want to get this inflation under control, and they're willing to do everything and anything to make that happen, which to me is a little scary. Uh, yeah, and uh, it kind of scared me when I read some of the excerpts from the uh... – from the uh, no, from the uh, September meeting minutes, I mean the FOMC minute, the FOMC. There, God, at the minutes of last month's meeting were released yesterday afternoon, and the general consensus, and this scares me from some, from many of the Fed governors that are on that board, is that quote unquote, doing too much is better than doing too little. I'm sorry, we're screwing with people's money here. We're screwing with people's jobs. And I'm sorry, throwing another million people out of work, uh, doing too much is not better than doing too little at the moment. I'd rather see us settle in and say, oh, we're down to 4% inflation. Good. Now let's do it gradually. But instead, the Fed has decided they're basically going to uh, whack us over the head with two by fours until we get all the way down to 2% come heck or high water. Yeah, and the other thing that report, I don't know if the report said it, but basically uh, economists are saying 
that what the Fed wants, and I think this came somewhere in the minutes, is that they expect that the federal rate will have to get up to about 4.6% before that happens, which means after November's increase, if it's three quarters of a percent, we'll have another 1.6, 1.7% more to go before we get to that 4.6 number. Paul Volcker still work there? Yeah. For a minute, I thought you left me. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, <laughs> sitting there kind of just crossing my eyes and going, holy crud. Like the rant you and I kind of agreed on yesterday morning, it takes five, six months for an interest rate increase to have an effect on the economy. And we're sitting there reading month-by-month numbers. We're running our Federal Reserve like uh, we consistently ding private companies as being just for the next quarterly report. The Fed's managing the economy for the next monthly report. And I'm sitting back and saying, I thought these guys went to school, but I'm wondering which school they went to. Yeah, yeah I'm starting to think the same thing. Uh, I, I feel like that a lot of us could do a better job than they're doing right now. Absolutely. You and I have been saying for over a year now, we really needed that one quarter percent increase over a year ago in order to start normalizing rates. But instead, we waited too long. And now we're basically taking after the economy with a baseball bat. I hope to heck I'm wrong, but I'm seeing the beginning of a Volcker recession going on here. It's definitely looking that way. And, you know, after the Bank of America report earlier this week, the economists there saying that they expect us to lose almost 200,000 jobs a month, every month for the whole 2023. That's over 2 million jobs that they expect to lose next year. And that's their target, guys. That's that's their target. And yeah, the problem is, like we've been saying, it takes like three, four, five, six months to have an impact with a rate increase. It takes about that long for a rate decrease to have an effect. The equities markets will respond favorably quickly to a decrease, but it's real hard to unring that bell once the Fed's managed to start a trend downward unemployment. Uh, that's true. That's so true. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, market today, okay, that they're going to go through this whole rate hike situation and we're going to get to 2023, maybe the end of 2023, 2024. And they'll be cutting rates. But you're going to have to, uh, right? So I bet the first part of 2024, we're going to see them start cutting rates. Actually, Paulson said that that was the expectation, that they were going to raise the rates, raise the rates, raise the rates. I think, I think he did project when the, his last rubber chicken speech uh, that he anticipated lowering rates again in 24. He even knows they're going to screw it up, in other words. Exactly. Exactly. Instead <laughs> of taking a different approach to it, you know, well. It is what it is. We'll we'll live through it. Absolutely. Are we a mite cynical this morning or we, what? We are. Oh gosh. Give me some good news. I saw a couple of big ups on my pre-market movers. Any of them report quarterly earnings yet this morning? Well, I got a couple. Got a couple uh, that look okay. Delta Airlines reported, um, and they beat. Well, I take that back. The the official numbers they were they they missed by two cents a share. However, they had a special impact. Uh, cost of three cents a share. So, and from Hurricane Ian. So, if we hadn't had Hurricane Ian, they would have beat expectations by about a penny a share. So, they're not getting dinged for that this morning. Uh, they're up about one point, almost 1.2% um, this morning before we get going. The, That's good uh, news. Yeah, definitely good news. The other one we have is Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walgreens beat. Uh, across the board, better profit, better revenue, 
they even um, raise their long-term sales target. I'm not sure what how long-term that is, um, but they're trading up as well, about a half a percent this morning. And I'm going to say probably my big winner this morning, and this wasn't on my normal tip sheet. I had to go find this one. Domino's reported. I'm seeing them at the top of my big winner list so far. What what happened? Yeah, they uh, they came in and and really just knocked it out of the park. Now their overall same store sales worldwide was down a little bit more than expected, uh, but their United States stores were up significantly. So good news there for them. They're trading up this morning six and a half percent. And, you know, they haven't changed from the delayed quote to what you just told me there, which is kind of interesting. Everything else is about half the up that you told me they were actually on on my list. So <laughs> they might actually survive the bloodbath today. Setting the table, it was a, it, kind of a whole steady day yesterday on Wall Street. The Dow was off by 28. The Standard & Poor's was off by 12. And NASDAQ was, quote, only down by nine yesterday. That's a flat day, basically. Ain't flat this morning, 45 minutes early. How ugly is it out there? Well, Dave, it's pretty ugly. The Dow is down 1.7%. The S&P 500 is down a, a slightly over 2%. The NASDAQ 100 is down 2.77%. And the Russell 2000 down two and a quarter. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, not pretty at the open this morning. And it's not much better on the other side of the coin when we look at commodities. We've got silver down 2%, back down below um, $19 an ounce right now to $18.56. We've got gold down 1%, almost 1.1% to $1,660 an ounce. And crude sliding um down, down 1.7% to 85.76 a barrel right now. All my world market numbers are going to mean absolutely nothing after the 8.30 event. The Asian rim closed slightly down, nothing really heavy over there at 6 a.m. this morning. Europe was showing a little bit of gain a few minutes ago midway through their day, but I'd bet a nickel they're going to follow our trend downward. Uh, it's not looking very good overall. A lot of red ink this morning, Philip. And if somebody's got too many equities and too much risk in their retirement portfolio, if you're getting close to retirement, this has to be first-class scary. How do I find you to try to save my bacon? You know, Dave, there's a lot of things in this world that we can't control, but folks can control how much risk they have in their current portfolio. But they have to know how much risk they have in order to make the adjustment. That's why we developed our core retirement design. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to walk through our core retirement design. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. And the Philip and Dave show again tomorrow morning where we promise we'll be in better humor than we are this morning. Is that uh, is that doable? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hoping so, but uh, I hate to make promises I can't keep. Let's just agree to both get some high-test coffee at us first. Fair <laughs> enough? All right, buddy. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good day. Thanks. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Folks, unfortunately, that's the way it's going to look out today. It's not going to be a great day today. It's going to be one of those days you wish you hadn't looked at, but it is what it is. That's why it's so important that your risk 
really matches up with the amount of risk that you can handle. The closer you get to retirement, the more important it is to have risk under control. Give us a call, 863-382-0037, and let's get you scheduled for our core retirement design. No obligation, no cost, just give us a call, 863-382-0037. Hey, until tomorrow, your day is better than what it looks like. Until then, take care. Bye now.